5 o'clock in Pirate Country. And 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Oh, this is it, Ben. This is the great Dire Straits sports song, Walk of Life. We got such a packed and stacked show, I don't know if we can let it go. So we'll save the whole deal for another day here. But this is almost too good to not let it play, right? This is like a car commercial song. No, it's not. Yeah. Friday, we, no, it's not. Friday we made it, although Ben might not make it through the show at this rate. Uh, the P-Man with you here. It's great to have you along with us. Brian North from uh, WCTI 12 Sports will be with us. It's been a little while since we've talked to Northy. So we're getting him on. Brian Geisinger, accsports.com, also Sports Channel 8. He follows the NBA for uh, our friends at Sports Channel 8. So we'll get uh, him in to talk a little bit about uh, what the NBA is going to be doing. Uh, it's great to have you with us here. Webb Simpson with a, a great start earlier today. Uh, North Carolina's Webb Simpson, Raleigh's Webb Simpson, Charlotte's Webb Simpson, depending on who's claiming him. Uh, but uh, he has the Greenville lineage of Judy Webb, his grandma. Uh, HV3 contending. We'll see what happens with him as he's uh, still out in the afternoon. And uh, we'll have it all covered for you on social media over the weekend. Uh, Twitter poll that uh, just wrapped up a little bit. Do you have a favorite new sport? We'll give you the uh, results of that out of the quarantine. We'll also have our new Twitter poll coming up about the Preakness. Will you watch uh, later on? So take a a peek at that on our uh, Twitter at 943 The Game. In fact, I think Ben uh, may be putting that on here in a little bit. Oh, I'm sorry, the Belmont Stakes. You're right. Ben just went mentioned in my ear the Belmont Stakes. That's why you're here, Ben, to make sure I just don't go off on some crazy person tangent. Uh, hey, our guy, the Big Hen, on this uh, Father's Day, first summer, day of summer weekend. He's got a big weekend ahead. He's returning to the broadcast booth, ladies and gentlemen. The Big Hen will be part of the Greenville Little League Network. Two o'clock tomorrow, Overton's v. Pepsi. Throw out the records when Overton's and Pepsi collide on the Elm Street Park turf. So what do you think of that? The Big Hen. Will you watch, Ben? I'm checking it out. I got I got horse racing. I got that. <laughs> got maybe, some golf. Maybe the Twitter poll ought to be, will you watch the Big Hen on the Greenville Little League? There you go. That ought to be what the... <laughs> I've, I think he's so excited. I'm excited for him about this. They do really a, a really nice job. Our guy Croft Massey's involved in some of that, and all those people do a really good job. I notice I've not been invited yet, but uh, we'll see. We'll see, but uh, that'll be happening tomorrow. All right, Ben is signaling me that we need to get uh, cranking here. So uh, let us go. We'll come back here in just a moment, uh, and we'll talk about uh, the return of sports. You know, ECU's bringing the freshman kids back, uh, the rest of the football team on Monday. Talk to Brian North about that and more on this uh, Get You to the Weekend edition of the Patrick Johnson Show. Stay tuned for more of the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game, the flagship station of the ECU Pirates and Pitt County's home for sports. Patrick Johnson. For a guy who thinks he's cool, you're sure no fun. This is the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Oh, it's a true Friday show here. We've got... Country songs about moonshine. Brian North slopping around in the background, feeding his child. This is just anarchy. Trio Williams, 
The DJ over there liked how I hit the post, by the way. He thought that was very good on my part. I nailed it. Uh, welcome back in. Brian North, WCTI 12 Sports and News is uh, on with us uh, now. Been a while since we've talked to uh, Brian. And a, and a happy Father's Day to you, sir, coming up this weekend. Why, thank you, Patrick. It is, uh, yeah, it's going to be kind of cool, hopefully. Um, my greatest <laughs> wish is just to sleep a little more, so we'll see what happens. Well, I think those days are, are done for a little bit, aren't they? Yeah, well, yeah, but that's what you're hoping for Father's Day. Maybe you'll get that ah, gift, the gift of sleep. So, yeah. I got you. I got you. So we're watching all these sports. First of all, we had our poll. Uh, which uh, we ran yesterday. What is your favorite new sport uh, to watch, you know, with the ones that are back now, NASCAR, uh, golf, uh, UFC, or other? So is there one that you've actually watched that you had given up on or or had, you know, maybe kind of returned to or never really paid that much attention to? Wait, wait, sports are back? Well, well, wow. So I think we... (laughs) I think Brian would just skip over the Twitter poll and move on is what it sounds yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I watched a little bit of NASCAR. I haven't watched any of the golf yet. UFC's never really been my deal. Uh, I know there's some cool local angles with uh, Lamont Chapel, you know, big into it now and mm-hmm. uh, some of those deals. But I have uh, I've never really gotten into to that. So um, NASCAR would be mine just because I've been curious about how they would how they would run without fans and the, the social distancing and the media coverage and all that. So, but golf, I have not delved into yet, but uh, those two would be the, of my of okay. most interest. All right. I got you. Do you think we're going to have all of these other uh, sports happen or happen on time? Um, you know, the, it, it's, it's funny as we get closer to it, you're starting to hear some of the issues. Uh, well, baseball, once they get the, the money figured out, then they've got to get the medical stuff figured out. And that's going to be a problem. NBA is already starting to deal with some of that with the isolation. Uh, yeah, I think we'll see. Football is going to be the hardest and we're the disease and how we're dealing with it and all the pandemic keeps changing so much week to week, month to month. And so, um, I think we're probably going to see, uh, you know, sparse crowds, uh, socially distant crowds, if any crowds. I think the only way to, to probably do these things without getting too many lawyers involved is is to probably keep fans uh, away or, or, or socially distant in these events. I think we have to get a better handle on um, uh, the testing and, and figuring out. Look, younger athletes, we keep hearing about these athletes testing positive, but I haven't heard any any real issues, right? I mean, young, healthy people seem to be able to handle this okay, unless they have a, a, a pre-existing uh, comor- uh, comorbid or, or some sort of a pre-existing condition. So I, I think they're able to play and be okay. I, I don't know if we'll know until it actually happens, but the first time someone gets seriously sick or, God forbid, a death resulting from it, that's when everything would get shut down. But I think as we kind of creep forward, I think that the days of total shutdown are over. I think even if governments try to shut us down again, I don't know if people will accept it. So we're no. we're kind of just yeah. dealing with protecting those we need to protect and letting everybody else kind of just go about their business and get sick and get healthy again. Uh, we've got Brian North, uh, WCTI 12, uh, on the phone with us uh, here. The, uh, the, the rest of the ECU football team returns Monday. And, uh, we've already seen Houston. Of course, I understand from that situation, some guys went to a party. They weren't testing as an athletic department as widespread as other athletic departments, uh, are including ECU. Then we hear the news out of Texas, some Baker's dozen, but 
you know, as, as I talked with some folks at ECU this week, as they said, we're going to have a positive test. Sure. I mean, you're going to, it's just, what's your plan once you have that positive test? So somebody asked me, how are we going to do college football this season this way? My, my response was, get them all sick now, right? Do the herd immunity. Get everybody sick now. If, if younger people aren't having the problems and there's no pre-existing condition, then they all develop the, develop the antibodies and then they can go, go at them. I mean, I, I know that sounds like a simplistic deal, but better to have it now and deal with it now and, and get the spread out of the way and, and have your guys uh, making sure they're okay. But, you know, once you've had it and, and what we're kind of learning is that's kind of the way to go. So I don't think it's that big a deal as long as people aren't getting really sick from it. And again, younger people and athletes, I don't really see that happening or have not heard those cases where athletes are having major problems with COVID-19. Brian North uh, with us, uh, WCTI Sports, uh, Channel 12 Sports, also uh, news as, as well. I wanted to ask you, uh, you know, the, the, the big program that uh, you all air with your sports, the Blitz, which I think is, is fantastic, you know, I, and I mean that sincerely. I'm just not saying this because you're on with me. Um, obviously, you, I think, do as great a job of covering high school football in the eastern part of the state mm-hmm. and, and local sports as, as anyone. Um and I, I like Hugh Tucker. I like the people in Chapel Hill fine. But when I hear them say they're going to rely on whatever Roy yeah. Cooper says, that concerns yeah. me because you're eliminating. It just seems like there, there, there's no desire to look at this right. in a nuanced or, or realistic right. way. And that concerns me greatly for any fall sports, high school right. football, soccer, or otherwise. Well, it all comes down to lawyers and liability, right? I think we all make decisions now based on will we get sued. And so for the NCHSAA, they can pass the responsibility on to the governor, the uh, high school federation, and uh, the schools themselves and say, all of you make the, the decisions now and we'll just figure it out instead of being a leader and and trying to show some guidance in that way. And you're going to have different high schools with different situations. I mean, ones that are in uh, more densely populated areas are going to have more issues with higher rate of spread. You're going to have rural areas that that aren't as big a deal. And then it all comes down to how much responsibility the schools want to take. And again, is it something that is adversely affecting people? The difference between high school athletes and college athletes is the, is the physicals that they get, the pre-medical care, the current medical care, colleges have a lot, and, and pros obviously have a lot more people on hand. High schools can, are lucky if they get a, a trainer uh, there for, uh, for, I know that's changed a little bit, but getting qualified people there, and then you have to monitor, you know, 50 to, to 70 kids. So the high schools are going to have a little bit tougher deal, and, and they don't have the physicals uh, as good to monitor the the comorbids that people may have, the pre-existing conditions right. they may have. So that, right. it's a little more difficult situation for the high schools, but I think they have to certainly look at it and, and, and see, you know, uh, what some of the answers are. And it's disappointing the NCHSA is maybe not taking more of a leadership role and responsibility and trying to uh, to get people online with, with what they want to do. But I'm not sure they know what they want to do, right. and that's why they keep saying let, it, let everybody else decide. We, we had uh, Q Tucker on the other week, and you know, my example to her was, and this was just after they had announced that everything was going to kind of start back with these workouts on the 15th. So my, my point to her was what if everywhere else in the state is ready to roll, but Charlotte Mech, because yeah. it becomes a hot spot, can't start, you know, they're not starting things. Wake County, right. you know, wherever yeah. could be, could be uh, Edgecombe County. 
but I mean, realistically, it would be the bigger counties. They're going to hold up everything because of two or three counties. And again, just the ability to not to be nuanced in this. I mean, I guess that's why it's a, it's a kind of a quasi government agency, but I mean, you know, it's just uh, that that's the biggest failing in this just beyond sports. That's the biggest failing in this to me. The one size does not fit all deal that you can't make one rule and expect everybody to, to fit into that square peg. I mean, it's every situation is different and every community is different. And, and so you're right. I think you have a plan on how you deal with it, but it has to be regionalized. And, and so if you have different areas that are able to handle it or not having the issue and, and one area does, I, I don't think you, Penalize is probably the wrong word, but I don't think you apply the same rules just because someone is sick in Charlotte, but everything's fine in Elizabeth City. You know, you let the people in Elizabeth City play, and then if there's a problem there, that you kind of have to deal with the fluid situation. You may have to adjust schedules. If one school has an outbreak, well, you take them out for two weeks, and then you, you adjust schedules and get people to play other people. It's the only only way that you can do it. I mean, ultimately, safety is the major issue. The kids' health is the major issue. But if they're not having major complications, you just have to put out these hot spots and and try and play a season if you think it's that important. If you don't think it's that important, then you just shut it down and wait till the vaccine comes. Even when the vaccine comes, people are still going to have it. People are still going right. to get it. Yeah. Uh, and so we're, we're going to have to learn how to live with this and how we deal with it medically going forward. So obviously it's very contagious, and that's one of the major issues is how quickly it can spread. And then the incubation period taking a little bit longer, so it's harder to detect when it spreads until it's uh, spread to, to different people. So a lot of these things have to be figured out, but we have to start figuring it going out because we're going to have this in our lives from here on out, no matter what the vaccine does. The thing that uh, it seems to me that the high schools, uh, at least what we've been told here in Pitt County, Brian, is you know, we're, we just need to know what we need to do. We're ready to go. We'll put the plan in place. And there's just this, you know, this bureaucratic bloat that prevents the the plan from ever being put in place in a timely way. The thing I'm worried about is they, you know, the colleges are moving the schedule up to start school sooner, uh, at the college level at a lot of universities across the, the, the fruited plain, uh, including here. And, you know, the, the association is going to wind up not playing any games till after Labor Day, and mm-hmm. they should have started earlier to get games in. You know. Well, and right, and it seems to be, you know, the, the theory being that when it's warmer and people are still outside, they're not spreading it as much because they're out in, in the open air and all those things. And as it gets colder, you might have some more of those issues. But uh, that's why colleges are starting so much earlier, you know, get yeah. ahead of it a little bit. Yeah. But you, you also have, we're, we're seeing these spikes now with, it's just people were just smarter. I just it's amazing how stupid people are right now. When you when you start opening things up and people are just out without the masks, right in each other's faces and I just it amazes me how irresponsible and stupid people are when we have all this information and whether you think you're either immune or whether you think you uh if you get it you're gonna be fine. It's just it's the selfishness and, and not worrying about what's happening to others and how you're affecting other people. It's just been driving me crazy. So we're naturally going to see these spikes after everything we've seen from uh, Memorial day celebrations to uh, protests and all these things. It's just amazed me how irresponsible people are knowing that this thing is so infectious. Well, and just look last weekend. I mean, I was talking to a friend this morning, uh, you know, Wilmington young people going out kind of this loop of, of beach restaurants. 
you know. And same thing up in Raleigh, uh, some of the restaurants on Glenwood, because the bars aren't open, but the restaurants that have bars were open, and, and it looked like a regular Saturday night. I mean, it just you can't do that. It's, so it's that younger group that's kind of out right now. When I say younger, I mean 20s, yeah. you know, mid-30s right. kind of group. The group that once upon a time we'd go have fun in, Brian, but uh, those days are long gone. I've thought about how I would deal with this as a 20-year-old and even a 30-year-old, you know, with a social calendar that I like to maintain at that time. But you still got to be smart about these things. And, you know, for some of them, they, they, you know, we were talking about earlier, kidding around sort of with the college football, you know, get it so you're done with it. Maybe that's what some of them want to do. But the problem is, is then who they're working around during the week and who they're going home to. and. We do have to protect those who are most at risk at this deal, and I think those people have to take responsibility and protect themselves as well. But is, is it really that hard to back up a few feet when talking to somebody? Is it really that hard to you know maybe put on a mask if you're if you're going to the store just because it would help people down the road? I know it's not convenient, but sometimes we have to do things that aren't convenient in our lives to try and slow the spread. Um, but then again, you know, if it's not affecting the young people as much, it's just I, I ask them just to think about others that are, that they're around later that they can yeah. affect. Yeah, you just do what I do and don't talk to anybody. Just avoid. I just, I've, yeah. I've socially distanced really well. <laughs> I, I'm proud of myself of how well I can go and not go out much at all. But when I have to go to the grocery store, or Lowe's, or wherever, I can pick an aisle where nobody is and just walk down that aisle. I see people, you know, <laughs> two people in an aisle. I'm avoiding you. I right. mean, I'm just I, I'm really good at that. Yeah, it's a skill set, undoubtedly. Yeah. Uh, Brian North uh, with us here, Channel 12. Thank you very much. Good to talk to you, and we'll uh, speak to you soon. And again, a happy Father's Day to you. Thank you. The uh, I've been calling her the little terrorist. Might offend some people, but the little <laughs> terrorist is uh, is uh, uh, been pretty good. Always screamed a few times there. So uh, oh, this is good. This is okay. it, it adds. You know, people have dogs in the background and. The yeah, thing yeah. that's been fascinating to me on this is to see where people set up if they're doing a video thing on any kind of news yeah. or TV program yeah, yeah, yeah. and to see some of the junk or weird stuff people have in their houses. That's It's it's crazy. Yeah, and, and people do it in kitchens and all sorts of weird stuff. The, the Panthers yeah. have been doing their coaches, and the defensive coordinator was just in his kitchen with, like, one coffee pot in the background. You can tell that he <laughs> he didn't he didn't stay. I spent a whole lot of time in that place. So you're, you're gleaning a whole lot about people's lives and making huge assumptions by these Zoom interviews now. Yeah. I like that. I like to make those assumptions like that. All right, Brian, thank you very much. Good to talk to you, buddy. All right, P-Man, stay safe. Great stuff from our friend Brian North. It's good to talk to him. It's been a little while since we've chatted with uh, B North. And uh, I do hope he becomes the uh, the main newsman there on uh, Channel 12. I think he deserves it. Ben Byram, you got some uh, stuff to tell us about uh, here. Uh, and then Brian Geisinger will join us. The NBA put out a 113-page, I guess, document that sort of outlines everything they're going to do health-wise. I'm sure it's full of legalese. We'll ask Brian Geisinger about that. Plus, uh, you know, there's some uh, people are going to have their opinion on what the NBA players are, are saying about the, the social causes they believe in. That's fine. Uh, but I, just, I don't know if Kyrie Irving is doing a real service to any kind of cause with some of the things he's saying. So we'll we'll get Brian Geisinger to kind of go into that and talk about that uh, in just a few minutes here. Uh, but right now, here's Ben Byram on uh, the uh, final show of the week, uh, final update of the week, uh, what's going on in the world of sports. Pirate players uh, returning uh, to campus Monday. That and more right now with uh, Ben Byram. 
Thanks, Patrick. Ben Barm here for your 94th of the game sports update. ECU football defensive coordinator Blake Harrell joined the P-Man yesterday. He announced that the team will be moving into their dorms and getting ready for summer preseason camp starting Monday. Here's Harrell with that announcement. And most of the, you guys that are on campus will move in um, Monday evening. And uh, they'll go through their COVID test next week as well. In the NFL, the Redskins have removed the statue of former owner George Preston Marshall outside of RFK Stadium. Marshall was forced to integrate the skins in the early 60s, and current management claims that Marshall was not a man who believed that all men and women were created equal. In NASCAR, the Geico 500 at Talladega Speedway takes off Sunday. The current pole position has Kyle Busch starting in the third place spot, Denny Hamlin in second, and Mark Truex Jr. in the top spot. And in the MLB, Rob Manfred was not fond of the player's new proposal for a 70-game season with full pro-rated salaries. With multiple sources claim Manfred was quick to shoot the proposal down. This comes as a huge shock, as many media members believe Manfred's four-hour meeting with union president Tony Clark was positive and that a deal would possibly be met. As tensions continue, the coronavirus has struck the Phillies training camp, infecting five players. The name of the players infected have not been released, and the organization claims that they appear to be asymptomatic. Here at 94th through the Game Sports Update, I'm Ben Barham. Is the chance of an NBA season now unlikely? We'll find out with Sports Channel 8 and ACCSports.com's Brian Geisinger with the P-Man on the other side of this quick timeout. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Like us on 94.3 The Game's Facebook page for breaking sports news, pictures and videos, programming alerts, and the latest from the ECU Pirates. Here we go. We're back to the P-Man. This is the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. only NBA theme that it's really the one they ought to use, but who knows if they ever will again. I guess Fox uses it for college basketball now in the Big East. Uh, welcome back. Brian Geisinger from ACCSports.com and most notably Sports Channel 8. Basketball analytics uh, guru might be the way to put it. Just a, a total basketball junkie who knows uh, more than anybody. Uh, it's great to have you on, pal. I hope you're doing well. I, I'm doing pretty well. I'm hanging in. And I hope you and, and everyone else, uh, your family and all the listeners, I hope everyone's been hanging in as, as well, too. That uh, should mention, uh, this maybe is a more commonly held, uh, uh, maybe more people know about this than, than, I, than I expect, mm-hmm. but that song, Round Ball Rock, a John Tesh song. Mm-hmm. And uh, John Tesh, an NC State alum. So uh, Wolfpack get to take a little bit of uh, credit for Round Ball Rock. I feel like that's their contri- for a while. That was kind of their contribution to the league. Really, that was really it. Was yeah. Round Ball Rock? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah that was about it for a little while. Uh, luckily, you know, TJ Warren's helping carry the carry the torch for the pack and, and the pros now. But yes, for for a period of time, that was that was sort of the the one source of pride that they had as far as. Uh, National Basketball Association. I win. think I think you need to remind Goodson that for a while that Tesh was the only Pack Pro. I think that's yes, fair. That's, yes, he is. He is the most professional of all the Pack Pros. <laughs> I feel like too. I feel like the true Pack Pro. We've got Brian Geisinger with us. Speaking of uh, the pros, the NBA uh, is coming back. I uh, don't yes. think it's going to uh, come back without uh, a few more bumps potentially, but. Uh, first of all, this 113 pages of rules. Uh, 
I, I'm sure you've read every single uh, syllable of this, right? Uh, no, I've I've let uh, those that are paid a lot of money to cover the NBA. <laughs> uh, I've let them decipher it, and then I've just picked at their cliff notes. So thank you to Woj over at uh, at ESPN. Yeah. Um, what is uh, what a uh, you know, from those cliffs note cliffs notes? Uh, what is your uh, what is your uh, big takeaway from that? I mean, it seems like I mean it's tough because it's like if, if safety were the chief concern, the NBA wouldn't come be coming back. Correct? Like we can all we can all agree with that, and we can see that even in, in the county uh, where. Uh, the NBA is set to return to, um, you know, there's been a, a recent a pretty severe uptick in, in COVID cases as well, too. But they're going to come back and they're going to come back and play. And, and there are a variety of reasons why they're, they're saying they're doing that money being at the top of the list. Like sure. It's going to be a, a huge way for the players and owners to recoup a lot of money. I mean, this, is, this is hundreds of millions of dollars uh, uh, back in the players' pockets. Um, it also means that the league, you know, won't likely, assuming there is, you know, basketball, they play, they finish out the, the season, the eight regular season games and, and all the playoffs, um, that they weren't going to, you know, potentially tear up the current collective bargaining agreement, too. So essentially things stay on the rails for, you know, the 2020-2021 season start um, at its delayed interval as well, too. So... I think all that, all that said, is that they do have these protocols in place, and uh, we, you know, we still, in public, we don't know quite everything yet. But you can see all the preventative measures that are going to go into trying to, as best as they possibly can, keep the players and coaches and staff members um, healthy. And obviously, a lot of people are, are aren't going to be thrilled about this, and, and we've seen pushback from young players to old coaches over varying aspects of, of what's been laid out. But as the NBA tries to make, for lack of a better term, the best of a, of a, of a bad situation, um, I think this plan they have in place is mostly fine. Um, I still think there's maybe a few too many teams going. I think you could have knocked it down a little bit more from 22 to maybe 20 or pardon me even thought they could just go down with 16 playoff teams, but they clearly wanted regular season inventory and that's going to save them a lot of money that they would have otherwise lost. So I totally get the financial ramifications of it. Um, but, but in, I, I, it is one of those things where the, the messaging is, Hey, safety is our priority. Safety, that's, that's number one for us. And while I think they're investing a lot of time and thought, and I don't want to like second guess anything uh, the NBA has tried to to put in place to to make this work. Um, you know, I think at the end of the day, still the 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 finances are are the the absolute biggest factor here. And I would say with some of the stuff that came out, I guess earlier this week, late either late Monday night or late Tuesday night. Um, you know, it is interesting to see just how much flexibility there will be with with players being able to move around and I mean because the only way this this situation actually works is people stay on the campus as much as humanly possible like there's no vaccine so it's all about building up layers 
and layers of, of, of quarantine, layers of testing, uh, layers of preventative measures. Like that's, that's the only way this thing works at all. Um, and it does seem like the NBA has put some of that stuff in place. We've got Brian Geisinger, accsports.com. Uh, he covers uh, the NBA uh, really for Sports Channel 8, and uh, we're talking about uh, the NBA return on uh, at, at the end of July, uh, which is uh, still a few weeks away. Uh, so we'll start to mm-hmm. see more, I guess, uh, organized training camp and that sort of thing uh, coming up. Yeah. Let, me, let me ask you about this, yeah. though. You know, I, I, And I understand, I think anybody would, would have concerns, uh, you know, I mean, hell, even, you know, just coming back to our building, which was closed for a little bit, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you, you want to make sure that you're, you're doing everything you can and the building is done and, and our company's done everything they can to make sure every, everything's okay uh, and, and as clean as possible and, and, and what have you. I guess my question, uh, you know, is it, it's not like they're, uh, you know, at that resort up in West Virginia or they're out in the middle of Iowa or even on a cruise ship yeah. or, or something. I mean, they are in a, a, a place that uh, has, I mean, it, it's it's a hospitality haven. It's probably the mecca of hospitality, the whole Disney mm-hmm. campus. And, uh, you know, they'll, I'm not going to say they're going to have the run of it, but they'll have certainly access to a lot of, of, of things that the Disney campus offers. Uh, could, from your standpoint, uh, I mean, do you, do you think here that it's, it could be viewed a little bit as being a little too whiny, or, or, or do you think there's really so much yeah. legitimate concern that even if they are at a place that's, as you say, insulating itself, uh, those are, those are, you know, just beyond kind of, uh, certain guys whining. Like I, I know that, I know that some people are, are, you know, you can't sway them. They're just going to see athletes as being spoiled or pampered, no matter what, like it doesn't matter what the scenario is. Right. It just, this is, this is the one, this is the one situation we're talking about now, but it, it Again, there's, there's, there are some people that are just going to look at professional athletes and say, spoiled. That's, that's all they're going to say. And I just don't, I don't see it here specific to this. Like, these guys are being asked to do something that is totally foreign. Um, there's a seven-week window. Even for the teams, the guys that get, that get eliminated and get to leave first, there's going to be a seven-week window in between when they show up to this place and when, like, family members get to arrive, mm-hmm. um, that's almost two months. Like, do you, I mean, you, you, like, you want to see your family. You don't want to go seven, eight weeks without seeing your family and, and be put in a place where you could potentially get, even if the, the, the risk factor is, is, in theory, low, where you could potentially get a, a deadly disease. And some of these guys have conditions that make them a liability for this stuff too. Like James Harden, he's one of the best players in the league. Like he has asthma. Um, it doesn't stop him from being one of the like five greatest basketball players in the world, but it is a concern when it comes to, to, to COVID-19. So um, I get that these guys are paid a lot of money and I get that they're going to like a, a nice place and, and they're going to um, be well looked after and, all that's really going to be missing are some of just like their sort of normal cushy amenities, the the you know the personal chefs and the mansions right, and all that right. stuff. Mm-hmm. But no, I I think there's some there's a very real sacrifice, and some of these guys are are going down for for you know they're going to be down there for close to two months without any family or friends, and like 
there may be nothing to get out of it other than like a loss in the first round of the playoffs, like losing to the Bucks, <laughs> right, being swept yeah. by the Bucks or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, some of the teams are going down on the mission, and some of the other ones, like the Wizards. Like, if you play for the Wizards, what are you thinking? Yeah. Like, you're like, I got to go down. Like, I mean, it's again, you you, you got to think like it. You know, I, I play basketball. I like to play basketball. I'm looking forward to do this thing that I build my livelihood around. And also, like again, there's a very real financial uh, benefit. And and I do think there are going to be like guys that don't go are, are, are going. There's going to be some opportunity cost in terms of, of salary. And I'll be curious yeah. to see how the NBA tries to sort of legislate what is valid or, or not valid or, or whatever. But none of these guys, I mean, all of these guys, it's their choice to play. It should be their choice to play. And um, for, for whatever reason. And um, but, but I don't think, no, 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 to just answer your initial question. No, I think these guys are being put in what is a fairly challenging uh, situation uh, again with some comforts that are going to be given to them, but no, I, I don't. I don't see them as, as any of these guys as being you know, petulant or spoiled. Right. It's none of that, in my opinion. Brian Geisinger, uh, ACCSports.com, uh, Sports Channel Eight is with us uh, here. NBA uh, uh, talking that return yesterday, releasing uh, the uh, war and peace of rules for uh, dealing with COVID nineteen in this uh, new uh, bubble that they're going to create uh, for the uh, last months of the summer. Uh, for uh, for uh, their own NBA bubble to, to play games. When you hear Kyrie Irving, and again, I, I hear what you're saying about the, you know the players' call and the expression uh, the ex- expression of concern about some of the things you just talked about. But then you have Kyrie Irving saying we ought to have our own league, and, and that's kind of another set of, of reasons he's claiming that. Does that sort of uh, perhaps pollute the the message of concern in a sense. I mean, you're dealing with kind of two circumstances and I'm, I'm not saying uh, Kyrie's wrong to believe what he believes, but w- when, when you kind of see that, that just seems so uh, to me, strange to hear. I guess I, I do think um, like uh, there's been a lot of I me mean, for the last seven days. There have been a lot of uh, different opinions on, on, on Kyrie that have been, There's that been a have lot been, of different, been, differing opinions on Kyrie since he set foot on campus at Duke. Yeah, right, right, <laughs> absolutely. And, and I think, and I, and I think part of that is what shaped. I, I think a lot of people look too much at the, the messenger as opposed to the message, which is like ultimately what Kyrie spoke out. And we can, we can look. We can, if you want, you can question his motives. You can question like what sort of end game Kyrie Irving wants. A guy that, that, to be clear, is not going to be going, not going to be going to Orlando is not going to be playing in these games. Right. But ultimately, Kyrie's speaking up and saying, hey, we need to listen more to the young guys in the league that feel like they have less of a voice speaking up. And we listen, we need to listen to some of the, these other guys that feel like they've been, you know, directly or indirectly boxed out of these negotiations. Because the, the Players Association, in theory, you know, by this, this sort of like de facto proxy vote they did, they signed off on this. Yeah. And then when some of those guys started to sort of murmur and, uh, on, the, on the sidelines, Kyrie, who is, I mean, like, his bona fides as a player are legit. Uh, he is multiple times all-star, rookie of the year, an Olympic gold medal, an NBA championship, one of the biggest shots in NBA playoff history. He spoke up and he gave a credence and an outlet to the voice of those guys. And, like, I want to give him credit for that. I mean, again, like, I think there's a lot of stuff with, with Kyrie you can, you, can, uh, you, you can pick at. Mm-hmm. But I think ultimately speaking up so that your more marginalized coworkers feel heard, I think that's something that all of us can support, right? I mean, it doesn't matter what 
where you no, were. No, absolutely. But, but here's player. the thing, you Brian. Know? You just explained it more clearly, in my opinion, and better than Kyrie did. You explained yeah, well, his message funny. better than he did. Yeah, I do think part of this is tough because, like, it's so much of this. It becomes this race on Twitter where, like, the insider scoop masters of the NBA, Woj, Shams over at the Athletic and Stadium, Chris Haynes over at Yahoo, uh, Mark Stein at the New York Times. Like, you're, you're, you're just, these guys are getting, they're getting leaks from different sources and all that stuff's getting tweeted out. It's like, you're, maybe perhaps Kyrie could be more direct with his messaging. Because I think it even over the course of the week, it had sort of changed. But mm-hmm, yeah. I, I do think there is, a, I do think there's an issue with like just the way this is disseminated through social media into the new stream, like, and then into our, onto our phones and into our brains. Like it's, it, you, we get it in piecemeal fashion. It's not, it's not like linear and it's not all in one piece. Right. So I think even yeah. that, I think even if someone is being, is being clairvoyant with their message, Sometimes you're not even. It just depends on how you you're like accessing it, you know. Yeah. Um, and look, I'm not so, doubting how earnest he is in his beliefs. I, I'm, you know, he's entitled right. to that. It's just, I, I, again, I think maybe some stuff's being put out piecemeal or picked through piecemeal. And again, I yeah. think that pollutes kind of what he's what, what his objective. Again, you described it better than than I've seen anything attributed to him describing it. Yeah. Right. Right. You know? Right. And I just like. Ultimately, again, I, I still, uh, I, I hear you. Um, I, I just, I do think he, he gets some credit because without him stepping up, maybe, maybe this doesn't happen. And, and now, you know, we're hearing about how, how guys are going to go down and, and, and plan to use this as an opportunity to, to promote, you know, certain social causes and do stuff like that. Maybe that was going to happen already independently of sure. Kyrie. Yeah. But, um, but, but the fact that, you know, at the end of the day, it was, you know, I don't think maybe the way the sausage was made wasn't the cleanest process, but it, it still got done, and, and he was he was the catalyst for it. I, lo- I love that phrase, or how the sausage was made. That was great. What a great way to describe yeah. it, uh, Brian. We got to go. We've got uh, we we could talk about this for another uh, thirty minutes uh, and other stuff right. with basketball. So I, I tell you what, let's get you back on here in a few weeks if we can. And, uh, yeah, and we'll talk more about this. And I want to talk about uh, the ACC and the HBCUs because I think that's an important uh, thing, too. But we just, from the timing standpoint, got to go. But thanks a lot, man. Have a great weekend, and uh, we'll catch you soon. Yeah, you guys do the same. Brian Geisinger, again, uh, accsports.com and uh, the uh, Sports Channel 8 uh, group there. And, uh, again, Brian, to me, explained that better than – Anything I've seen or read with Kyrie Irving explaining it. That's the first time I've ever heard that. It, like, I had no idea what Kyrie was trying to say when he was going on his whole thing. I, again, you know, I think his point of it's the messenger, not the message, probably does perhaps lend a, a little bit of uh, a disservice to what he's trying to say. If those are indeed his intentions, I think there's some nobility in that. But I, I just think when you see a headline, we ought to go start our own league. You know, and, and Brian and I maybe disagree. Geisinger and I maybe disagree on this. You know, these guys in the NBA, you know, oh, they're millionaires. No, these guys are uber millionaires. They're getting a ton of money now. Some of the top paid athletes in the world. I mean, and I'm not talking about LeBron James caliber. I'm talking about guys that would be just considered solid all-star, occasional all-star pros. I mean, there's guys who aren't superstars who are making what would be perceived as superstar money. And for for... Look, there's millions of people out of work now. There's thousands of people 
in our community out of work. There's people you and I know who aren't working now. It's hard to have any sympathy uh, for the athletes and the owners uh, when they say something along the lines of, uh, you know, they're, they're letting this. But, I mean, it's the other part of that is it's these people's jobs. It's their job. You're and, talking role players in the NBA that make $40 million. Right, but I, what, I, what I'm getting at is they're trying to protect their job in, in any job, whether it's this business, uh, you know, a financial lending business, uh, you have a store, you're, you're, you work for a company. You're trying to do the thing that gets you the best amount of money possible or the most amount of money possible in the best situation. The NBA uh, union, I guess you could say, is, is doing that as well. It's just they're dealing with a lot more money than, than the average person is. But again, that's you know one of the, the complicating factors here is you have people that aren't doing well, and as you said, Ben, uh, guys that aren't considered superstars making superstar money in a lot of people's minds. Uh, and, that, and that's the, again, when you see Kyrie saying, we just ought to go form our own league, uh, again, the, me- the way that's presented, obviously what Brian told us doesn't seem to jive with that headline. But... Uh, uh, again, I think he explained it very well. Okay, uh, we'll wrap things up. Uh, we will have some time for this Clay Travis uh, rant. I think it's good. Uh, we'll do that coming up after this. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Like us on 94.3 The Game's Facebook page for breaking sports news, pictures, and videos. Programming alerts and the latest from the ECU Pirates. The Patrick Johnson Show. He's the perfect stud muffin. He's a menace to society. Every weekday at 5 on 94.3 The Game. The first official day of summer coming up. It's not summer yet? Oh, for sure it was already summer. No. They have this thing, meteorological summer now, which I think starts June 1st. But then it was in the 60s earlier in the week. The low 60s. For high i uh, leave this up a little, a little Don Henley. One of the greatest songs ever. This is Bring Back Memories. Is there a PJ memory with this song? No. That means don't talk during Don Henley's singing. Quiet. black and white and then uh, my dad's cousin when we went to a St. Louis Cardinals game he really liked the song and uh, that was really uh, the big hen loves it so we use always would play that on the old TOT show but um, when we w- remember playing it in the back of the family trucksters we went to Bush Stadium for a Dodgers Cardinals game and my uh Dad's cousin left his glove. We called him Uncle because you know my dad did. And he left his uh, glove. Ronnie did in the the family truckster. And Kirk Gibson fouls off a pitch, and it lands in Ronnie's. But if he had the glove, he'd have caught it. He tried to barehand it and ran into the railing and dropped the ball. What are the odds? That's an awesome story. So that's the Love story that. that would be connected with that. We've promised this Clay Travis cut all week, and it's over two minutes. 
And while I don't doubt, there's, I, I think what we need to do is parse it down a little more, and we just don't have time to do it here. So we won't be uh, getting to the, we promised the Clay Travis all week. It's like the old Letterman bit where the guest would be, oh, we've run out of time tonight. And they never could get to the guest. We'll have it on social media. You can check it out there. Yeah, but the thing that I that I took from what he says, and again, you could watch it on social media, uh, a couple of things, you know, people now sniping with one another on Twitter, grown adults, instead of talking face-to-face. Now, if somebody's trolling on Twitter or, you know, somebody lives across the country, you're not going to be able to meet with them face-to-face. So you shouldn't engage those idiots anyway. But, I mean, these two presumably are in the same zip code, and... So I, I, I agree with his point there. Um, the other part of this is, and this is what was the funny part to me, is how he talks about how people in the media uh, basically hate the sports they cover. And that, that's a problem for a long time. I mean, the, the people who make a livelihood out of football and baseball are dying for these sports to essentially end. And it's the damnedest thing I've ever uh, seen in my life. It really is. Uh, our Twitter poll, which came from uh, the other day, uh, was uh, favorite sport now because of the quarantine. Golf gets 59%. Wow. Did not uh, expect that. There. Uh, NASCAR, only 16. UFC, 14. Other, uh, 11. And uh, Larry tweets us on uh, 94.3 The Game on Twitter, at 94.3 The Game, Marble Racing, which is a, I mean, I thought you might think, oh, he's trying to be a smartass. No, that's. The marble racing has been is taken off as a. Is it seeing action? Some gambling action there? Uh, I, I think that's probably the reason it has. But okay. I, I just think it's more entertaining. It's something you can watch a race on. Gotcha. Uh, Twin. Then Joe Buck did the play by play for the uh, for the race as well. New Twitter poll question uh, at nine four three. The game is what Ben Byron. Will you be watching the Belmont Stakes? Five thirty tomorrow. Is it on? Uh, that's NBC? when it ends. Yep. And the poll goes right up to this. So vote now on our uh, Twitter poll there. Will you watch the Belmont Stakes? What do you say, Ben? I'll check it out. I'll check it out. Uh, we've got family time tomorrow, so I'm not sure we'll be checking out the Belmont Stakes. Or at least I won't be. But I'll be getting lots of good food in Boca. Uh, all right. Big thanks to Brian North. I hope I'm getting good food in Boca and not having to pay a lot for it. Uh, Brian North, thanks to him. Thanks to... Uh, uh, also, Brian Geisinger, great job as always by uh, Ben Byram. A happy Father's Day uh, to uh, the coach, Kelly Johnson. He's going to be with my brother uh, tomorrow and his two sons. And going to see Mr. PK on Sunday. So happy Father's Day to Mr. PK. Ben, you going to give a little Father's Day shout out here? Yeah, yeah. Happy Father's Day to my dad. He's taught me everything I know. He's my role model. He's my hero, and I love him. He's listening for sure right now. Is he? Yep. He's the one. Yep. <laughs> Great. So happy uh, Father's Day to Ben's dad and all the other dads out there. Uh, we'll be back uh, Monday. Have a great weekend. Talk to you then. <laughs>